Hello, I'm Sean. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad that you're listening today. For more information on all that's happening at Wellspring, please visit our website at www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. The Bible says this, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the traditions from your fathers. In other words, we were not redeemed, we were not bought back from, from sin, from the penalty of sin by any, uh, any, any money, any earthly good, anything like that. We were not uh, bought back with any tradition. Uh, the traditions of our fathers, no, no traditions of religion can do that. But, verse 19, but, he says, with the precious blood of Amen. Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. So we are not redeemed. We are not redeemed with those traditions, with those corruptible things, but we are redeemed. We are bought back with the blood of Jesus Christ. Now when we talk about redeemed, and that's what we're talking about this morning, being redeemed, um, we're talking about being ransomed. Ransomed. uh, Delivered from bondage, distress, penalty, liability. uh, Being bought back from the possession of another by paying an equivalent. And so this is a Bible word, redeemed, and it's one of God's ways, one of the ways that the Lord teaches us about or describes our salvation. And so He paid, He redeemed us, He paid an exorbitant price to redeem us, to deliver us, to buy us back from the penalty of sin. He did not count the cost. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, He did not count the cost, but He gave all for us. The Bible says, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. What was the joy that was set before Him? And here's here's kind of what the message is going to be a little bit about. He saw something in us. The joy that was set before Him was us. Now we might not see, see it, But for some reason, He saw it. He saw us and said, that is worth any cost. All cost. I will pay whatever the payment would be. And He gave Himself. He did it for us. I guess the purpose of this morning's message is to show that salvation, here's the point, show that salvation, redemption, is not just a one-time thing. It's not just a, a... Um, a religious transaction. It's not like a cold business deal where it's like, you know, painful, that's over with. I've been saved. I've been born again. Um, It's not just that agreement, but it is a, listen to this, it is a love story. It is a love story. An ongoing love story. And that before we came to Christ and received His redemption, He was drawing us to himself, and then after that, uh, he continues to live this out with us uh, through the rest of our lives and into eternity. Christ paid for our sin with his own blood. This is personal, and it's a romance. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, he says this 
Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. Salvation is a lifelong relationship uh, with Christ. The Bible says, For God so loved the world. Redemption, when we talk about redemption, redemption is love. And you say, why did Christ, why did Jesus redeem us? Because He loved us. Because He loved us. Uh, Salvation is the greatest love story ever told. The greatest love story in the book of the Bible. I believe all other love stories point to this love story because the Bible says God is love. And no greater picture, no greater book of the Bible, I don't think, to look at this than the book of Ruth. So if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Ruth. Here, Ruth, here we see a love story. And we're going to look at this love story this morning and see us and see Christ in it. This story is a story of a foreign girl who came out of a pagan land, uh, came out of idolatry in a land called Moab, where she decided to follow her mother-in-law into a country uh, where she most likely would be an outcast. Um, And eventually, in this, she would come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God of Israel, if you will, and, and eventually into a loving relationship with Boaz. So start with me in, in verse 1, Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. We'll try to get into the context of the, of the whole book here in just a second. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So as we start to get into this story, uh, let's start with the time and the place. The time and the place. Uh, The time was in the time of the judges. A couple weeks ago, we had a, 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 a little message about Gideon. And that was uh, in the time of the judges. Gideon was one of the judges. And if you remember, when when we had that message, uh, we realized that those times of the judges uh, many times were dark times. The Bible says that every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You probably remember I brought this chart in talking about the cycle of judges where the people of Israel would serve God. And then they would fall into sin and idolatry. And then they would become enslaved. Right? They would, they, they would have famine in their land. And then they would call out to God. And God would raise up a judge that would help bring them out of this bondage. And then they would serve God for a little while. And if you read the book of Judges, this went over and over and over again. And now the book of Ruth was kind of zeroing in on this very thing. They had turned their back on God. And because of that, they were being, they were going through a famine, they were going through a hardship, they were going through a dark time, if you will, in Israel's history. And Elimelech takes his wife Naomi and their two sons, and they travel into this land uh, of Moab. Um, and that's the place that they go. Now, there's a couple significant things as we just look at this verse. What Bethlehem Judah, the place that they left in Israel, Bethlehem Judah, 
what that name means. Now, Bethlehem means the house of bread. Bethlehem means the house of bread. Judah means praise or even the house of praise. And so here we see uh, Elimelech and Naomi leaving the house of bread and the house of praise. By the way, that would be a good place to live, wouldn't it? The house of bread, the house of praise. Isn't that a, good, isn't that a little bit better cycle? Uh, uh, God provides for us and we praise Him and thank Him for it. God provides for us and we just all He kind of wants from us is just that his, our praise, our thanksgiving. Um, but they... But they leave that. That's actually where the story begins and where the story ends in Bethlehem, Judah. But in the middle of there, they leave the house of bread and the house of praise and they go into a land called Moab. Now, the Lord God in in, uh, Psalms describes the land of Moab. The Moabites, by the way, were descendants of Lot and his oldest daughter, an ancestral relationship. Uh, not a good group of people in the sense of as you study their history throughout the Bible. And in Psalms, uh, he says, the Lord says, um, Moab is my wash pot. And so when you look at this place, they leave the house of bread, they leave the house of praise, and they go to a place that's called a wash pot. And, uh, and I, I have to say this, the ten years that they had in Moab were not good. Uh, Elimelech dies. And the two sons die there in Moab. And now we see uh, Naomi. Uh, she is left by herself. This, this story of, uh, of, of uh, Elimelech and Naomi kind of reminds you, in one sense, of the uh, prodigal son. In the New Testament, the story of the prodigal son where he leaves the father's house, he leaves the house of bread, and goes into the far country, right? Where does he find himself? He finds himself in the pig pen. Right? And I think that that's what one day Naomi woke up and she realized, man, we left the house of bread, we left the house of praise, and here I find myself in Moab. Uh, this is kind of like the prodigal family, if you will. And she says, I need to go back to my father's house. I need to go back like the son, and the prodigal son says, man, uh, my, my father's servants do better than, than I do, fighting for the pig slop here. And I would have to say this. When you read the story of the prodigal son, read the story of Naomi, and Ruth and, and, and this, even when you feel like you're the prodigal son or the prodigal family, let me say this. Those 10 years, they were not wasted. Although they were hard, uh, God uses all those things in our lives. God has a, 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 a way. God has a way of taking what we feel like or maybe even our bad choices have you ever experienced that? Where it feels like even our bad choices later down the road, we see when we surrender, when we go back to the Lord, when we humble ourselves to, to the Lord, that He even takes those bad decisions at times and makes them good, makes them good. Ruth and Naomi are heading back into Bethlehem, Judah, and, and if you study it, Ruth is walking in into the town and the people are looking at her. Is this Naomi? Is this Naomi? You know what Naomi means? I, there's some significance in the names here, especially in the Old Testament. Naomi means pleasant. Or, or even like translated, it may be like sunshine. Right? Naomi means sunshine. And she leaves sunshine. She leaves pleasant. And when she's coming back and the people see her, they say, is this Naomi? She says, no more call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitterness. Uh, there is no farther difference in my mind from sunshine to bitterness, 
right? Naomi's coming back a different lady than she left. She said this to the people in Bethlehem, Judah, when she arrived. She said, I left here full, and I'm coming back empty. In Ruth chapter 1, verse 21, she said, I left full, and I'm coming back empty. Uh, in my mind, there's no farther distance apart than full and empty. And here Naomi's coming back empty. And we heard the message last, uh, last week or whenever at the revival where the, the preacher said that the answer is closer than you think. The answer is closer than you think. Talking about Ruth is going to be Naomi's answer. And she was closer than she thinks. I'm trying to hurry through the kind of the context of the beginning of this story to get to the redemption part. But Ruth is leaving Moab and she tells her two daughter-in-law, she says, you guys stay here. Your husbands, my sons are now dead. Uh, there's no reason for you to follow me back to Bethlehem, Judah. You guys are Moabites. Uh, Moabites are not going to be welcomed very well in Israel. Uh, you guys stay here. You stay with your family. You stay with them. Um, I'm going to go back. I, I have nothing to offer. Uh, two Moabite widows in the, in the land of Israel are not going to do very well. Uh, you guys stay here, and I'm going to go back. And pick up the story with me in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 15. They're, verse 14, they're weeping, they're crying, saying goodbye to each other. And at the end of verse 14, the Bible says, But Ruth clave unto her, meaning Naomi. And she said, Behold, my sister-in-law has gone back unto her people. And to her, look, notice this, Ruth is saying, And to her gods... Small g. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. Ruth is, uh, Naomi is saying to Ruth. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people. And look at this. Amen. Thy God Amen. shall be my God. You know what that is right there? That's a decision. To follow after the one true God. She says, Naomi, thy God shall be my God. And where thou diest, verse 17, I will die. And I will be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If aught but death shall separate, shall part thee and me. And when she saw she was, I like this, steadfastly minded. You know what Ruth was? She was steadfastly minded. She says, you know what? I'm making a decision to follow after you. And I'm making a decision to make your God, Naomi, my God. I would say that this was the first step to redemption. This was the first step in Ruth's life saying, my God, thy God shall be my God. I would say that this is an important decision in Ruth's life. An important decision. And let me say this, an eternal decision. The decision that would lead her to Boaz. The decision who when we choose to follow after God and seek after God, will lead us to Jesus Christ. And by the way, as we study the book of Ruth, Ruth is a picture of us, the Gentile, those that are seeking after God in need. And Boaz is a picture of Jesus Christ, our kinsman, Redeemer. Ruth shows genuine repentance here. You say, what's repentance? Uh, that word's not used much today. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, for godly sorrow 
worketh repentance to salvation. Repentance is that um, change of mind, uh, change of heart, change of direction. Um, Ruth says, I'm changing the way I'm living. I'm changing my God here. I'm changing my people. I'm changing my direction, Naomi. And I'm following after you. Uh, This is a new direction in Ruth's life. And as we see this and we study through this story, we see how God is engineering all these circumstances to bring together His will ultimately. And ultimately, when you get down to the end of Ruth, you say, what is happening? God is, God is engineering. He is putting together His lineage. Ruth, this Moabitess girl, ends up being in the lineage. She's the grandmother, great-grandmother of King David. She is in the lineage of Jesus Christ, named as a part of the line of Christ. And this is all God's plan. This is all God bringing this together. But by the way, Naomi didn't know it yet, and Ruth certainly didn't know it yet. As you continue through the story, you see in verse uh, 3 of chapter 2, that we see it says um, that her hap was to light, H-A-P, and her hap was to light on a field that belonged to Boaz. In other words, that hap, what that means is, it just so happened. Like, um, you know, by coincidence, she ended up walking into the field of Boaz. And you say, why was she in that field? Um, you probably know a little bit of the story of how the welfare system worked in those days, that once they uh, gleaned the fields, the folks that were in poverty were allowed to go behind the reapers and pick up the extra barley or the extra wheat and all those things. And so Boaz's field just so happened to be being harvested and, and Ruth just so happened to go into her into his field. Um, have you ever had anything that seemed like things were falling apart before in your life and all of a sudden you realize that they are actually God is working it together, that things aren't just coincidences. When you look back in your life, you see how God is putting things together for our good. There is an element of uncertainty here in Ruth's life. Would you agree with that? But there's also uh, God's providential dealing and there's a greater purpose and a greater plan being put together in his life. So Ruth begins to glean here in this field, and this is kind of where the love story begins, because Boaz, the owner of the field, who, uh, by the way, his name means strength. Um, The Bible says here he's a mighty man of wealth. Uh, He is a prince, if you will, in, in, in Israel. And he shows up to his field here in chapter 2 and verse and he says at the end of that verse, uh, who is this damsel? Who is this girl? Who is this lady? Uh, that's kind of the way uh, today he would say something like this. Wow, who is she? Right? When he pulls up to the field, he goes, wow, who is this lady? Who is she? Right? Uh, Boaz, as we from this moment on in the story of Boaz, he is in love. I mean, he's smitten with this girl, uh, Ruth. And by the way, what is interesting as you study this story, it is not on her radar whatsoever. As you read on to into the chapter, she's absolutely uh, blindsided by this guy's interest in her. This is not on her radar. She's just trying to survive. 
At this moment in her life, she's just out trying to gather up enough barley, trying to gather up enough, uh, enough food to, for her and her mother-in-law to eat that day. And I think of this in our relationship with Christ. Wasn't it true that Christ loved us first? Yes, Wasn't it cr- true? If you look back in your relationship with Christ, uh, before it was ever on your radar, were you just kind of going through life, just trying to do your own thing, do uh, you know, go your own way, just trying to get by, and all of a sudden you were kind of blindsided with the love of Jesus Christ? I think of the verse in 1 John, we love Him because He first loved us, that when we begin to realize that it was Christ that loved us and Christ that drew Himself to us, He goes on in chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, Boaz does, He starts to turn on the charm, if you will, and He goes in in chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, He says uh, to Ruth, He says, hey, during this harvest, don't go into anybody else's field. He says, stay in my fields all the time. And he says, and, and by the way, stay behind my, heart, my, my reapers. Get up close to the young men. And then he says this to, to Ruth. He says, listen, I've told my young men not to touch you. He says, I've told my young men, all the guys that are working for me, I told them not to touch you. In other words, I'm protecting you. And then he says to Ruth, he says, I've also told my young men that when you get thirsty, they're supposed to draw water for you. They're supposed to get a drink for you. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this in your life, but when you start looking back and you see how you've been protected, and you think of times that you think, man, there's things in my life that didn't touch me, that could have, and we realize later that maybe the reason why that those things didn't touch us was because God told them not to. Amen. The reason why that we were protected, sometimes it's not even on our radar that that God is protecting us, God is helping us, God is leading us. Maybe there's been times in your life where your soul was thirsty and somebody came along and gave you a drink. Someone came along and gave you something that you needed and blessed your soul. And maybe one day you'll realize that the reason why someone came along and blessed your soul and gave you that cool drink of water when you needed it is because God told them to. That's right. Because God said, man, there's something about that individual that I love, something about that person that I like, and I'm just wanting to be good to them. I'm wanting to bless them. I'm wanting to help them um, and do these good things for them. I think that the Holy Spirit, by the way, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible, right? And the Holy Spirit's the author of the book of Ruth. And I believe the Holy Spirit, as He writes this Scripture down, is trying to show us how much God loves us and how much God is trying to help us and bless us and show us that Christ, our Redeemer, is good. You look at verse 10 of chapter 2. And Ruth says this. She says, Why have I found grace in your sight. She says, why are you taking notice of me? I'm just a stranger. Uh, in verse 13, she says, um, why have you... Look at verse 13. I want to read it. Then she said, let me find favor in thy sight, my Lord, for that thou hast comforted me and for that thou hast spoken friendly unto thine handmaid, though I be not like one of thine handmaids. Still, at this point, it's not on uh, Ruth's radar why Boaz is being so nice to her. She says... You know, I came into this country as a Moabite and I'm not understanding why you're being so nice to me. I'm not like the other girls. I'm not an Israelite, right? I'm not uh, one of them. I'm not understanding why you're grace and why you're so kind to me. Uh, uh, why, uh, why? And I think in our lives, sometimes we'll come to the place and we'll say, 
Man, why is it that God loves me so much? I mean, have you ever experienced that where you just feel the grace of God and the love of God in your life and you think, I don't know what it is that He sees in me. But He does. That's the truth. By the way, Ruth's name means beauty. Ruth, Ruth's name means beauty. And I think of Jesus Christ sees the beauty of the church. For those that have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, the Bible says that's the body of Christ, the church. Um, uh, he gave himself for it. For what? The church, the body of Christ. You say, why? Um, because he loves us. He sees something in us maybe that we don't see ourselves. He sees something in us uh, um, that uh, we can't see. And He is a mighty man of wealth like Boaz and wants to take care of us. I think of the passage in John chapter 14 where Jesus is talking to His disciples and He says this. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. Sometimes things in this life can trouble us. Would you agree with that? And Boaz, uh, or the Lord Jesus Christ, like the picture of Boaz, says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. By the way, some of the things that are going to really help us um, in overcoming our fears, overcoming our doubts, overcoming a troubled, anxious heart, is faith. You say faith in what? Faith in God. Faith in God, that He is who He says He is, and that He loves us. He says, um, I go to prepare a place for you. You know what hit hit me one time when I was reading that? It's when we go to heaven, we're not just going to God's house. We're going to our house. You say, what was heaven made for? (coughs) For us. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there you may be also. You say, what's going to help us in a, having a troubled heart? That the Lord loves us. That the Lord's prepared a place for us. That where He is, there we may be also. That we can be with Him uh, for eternity. Look at verse 12 of, of chapter 2 in Ruth. The Lord recompensed, Boaz is talking to Ruth, the Lord recompensed Thy work and a full reward be given unto thee, unto thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wing thou art come to trust. He says, under whose wing thou art come to trust. This is protection. Under the wing of the Lord. He says, listen, you've been put under His wing. He has protected you. He will provide for you. He uh, is worthy of our trust. Look at verse 14. And Boaz said unto her, at mealtime, come thou hither and eat of the bread and dip thy morsel in the vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers and he uh, reached her parched corn and she did eat and was sufficed and left. Here's, here's the point in the love story where they go on their first date. Where he asks her out to, uh, asks her out to eat. He asks her out to their first date meal together, and by the way, Boaz paid. This was not Dutch treat, which is no treat at all. Boaz, uh, he paid for it, and that's good. Uh, The Lord provides. The Lord provides. And you know what He provides? He provides handfuls on purpose. Look at verse 16. This is interesting. Verse 16. Boaz goes to his reapers, and he told Ruth to follow after his reapers, right? And he says to his reapers, and let also some handfuls of purpose uh, for her. 
and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. And so he starts scheming. Again, this guy, from the moment that he sees her, he is, uh, he is uh, beginning to work trying to turn out the charm, as I said. And he goes up to his reapers after this meal and says, Listen, um, I want Ruth to follow after you. And then he says, uh, when, you're, when you're harvesting, keep dropping handfuls. Handfuls on purpose. Uh, make sure she gets more than enough. And you know what I, I begin to realize? Is Ruth didn't know that this was Boaz's plan. Ruth didn't know that this was Boaz's scheme to be a blessing to her, to be a help to her. He says, start dropping these handfuls on purpose. And I don't know, in your life, you begin to look back and you see some things happen in your life and you think, I think God had schemed to bless me. I think God was scheming to help me. I think God was dropping handfuls on purpose for me and, and blessing me in my life. And I think, I don't know what may have been going through Ruth's mind like, Wow, this is pretty awesome here in Israel. These, guys, these reapers aren't doing that great of a job. They're dropping these huge handfuls of, of barley here. I'm getting lucky. She might have just thought she'd get lucky. But when she got home, if you read the rest of the story, and we won't for the sake of time, but when she gets home and she has so much barley, Naomi, who was bitter, and she had a real perspective of how hard the world is and how bad the world can be. You know what Naomi said as soon as she saw uh, what happened to Ruth? She said, uh, Ruth, this is no accident. She said this to Ruth. Who took notice of me? Like, you don't just happen to get that much barley uh, out, out there on a the day of, of a harvest. And uh, Naomi says to Ruth, hey, somebody noticed you. Somebody is paying attention to you. Somebody has helped you, Ruth. And from this moment on, Naomi becomes the matchmaker. She begins to see the picture clear as Ruth does it. And by the way, uh, Naomi, like a good soul winner. You say, what do you mean by a soul winner? Uh, she begins to try to get Ruth, the picture of the sinner, the, the lost, the, the, uh, the Gentile. She tries to get him, her matched up with Boaz, the picture of Christ. And by the way, as a soul winner, as those that are trying to lead folks to Christ, that's all we're trying to do, right? We're just trying to introduce this person this person, right? Trying to introduce those uh, to Jesus Christ who can help them. And so she begins to tell Naomi how to do it. She has the whole master plan. Boaz is going to be in this certain place. And she says to her, you know, go wash up, go clean up, get yourself looking nice, smelling nice. And then she tells her this. She says, go down and put yourself at his feet. Chapter 3 in verse 1. She says, go down and present yourself to Boaz. Uh, lay yourself down at Boaz's feet. And so Ruth does that. She does what Naomi tells her to do and she presents herself to Boaz. And I think of the, uh, in the New Testament where the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord Amen. shall be saved. You say, what is it? how is it that we can be uh, made uh, acquainted with this wonderful Redeemer, Jesus Christ? Ask. Just ask. Ask and He will answer. Seek and He shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. For whosoever asketh, receiveth. It's not that hard. Uh, Naomi says to Ruth in verse 18 of chapter 3, follow along with me. Uh, so Ruth goes, she presents herself to Boaz, um, shows herself to him in he, verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 18. Then said she, sit still, my daughter, until thou know how the matter will fall. For the man 
will not be in rest until he has finished the thing this day. And, of course, that's obvious. Uh, Naomi knew, hey, Boaz is smitten. Boaz is in love. And now he knows that there's a chance that you like him back. Uh, He's not going to stop until he's finished this thing this day. You say, what was that? Um, He had some legal stuff that he had to go through. Uh, There was a kinsman, the redeemer, that was a little closer uh, to Ruth than Boaz was. So Naomi says, uh, now that you've asked, just sit still and let him do the rest of the work. Isn't that the case in our salvation, that when we ask, when we present ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ, that we can just sit still and let Him do the rest of the work? Uh, I think of the Bible verse where He fulfilled the law. He became sin for us. He took the curse of the law upon Himself. In other words, there were some legal things that had to be done that we wouldn't have known how to do, uh, but the Lord Jesus Christ took care of that for us. He became our attorney. He uh, took our place, our advocate, if you will, in, in being able to make sure that all the law was fulfilled in being, uh, doing this the right way. We ultimately know that uh, uh, Ruth and Boaz, they come together in marriage and uh, they have a son. Their son's name is Obed. And then Obed's son's Jesse. And Jesse's son is David. And these are the generations of Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus was a man. He had a human lineage. That's actually what this book shows, is the lineage of Jesus Christ, His his line. And showing that Jesus Christ, because He was human, can be our kinsman redeemer. Our redeemer. Making it possible for us to be in the family of God. I think of that song, Yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. His royal blood now flows through my veins. And I who was wretched and poor now can sing. Yes, oh yes, I'm a child of the King. The King in us. Now Ruth uh, being one with Boaz, the prince there. And also this being a picture of Christ and the church. Ruth being that Moabitess, us being the Gentile, Gentile church, and Jesus Christ being the, the Jewish prince, the Jewish Messiah, uh, the supplier of our needs, the giver of rest for us. Jesus Christ is the Lord of the harvest as Boaz was, and Ruth being the picture of the church puts herself at His feet, claims Him as her Redeemer, receives Him, um, as he received her and claimed his promises, and ultimately uh, she is fruitful in that uh, in their marriage. So we see Ruth's decision, her decision to make Naomi's God her God. Then we see her service as she goes out into the field, and that's where she meets Boaz. And then we see her reward. I want us to turn to one more uh, passage as we tie this all together in in redemption. Titus chapter two. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. As we kind of bring this to a close and looking at Jesus Christ as our Redeemer, uh, the point of the message may be that uh, salvation is not just a one-time transaction where we ask the Lord to save us and He does, but it is that, it is that romance. It is that love story. Um, a romance of redemption that continues on and 
changes not only our life down here, but our eternity. It changes our eternity and the generations to follow. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, the Bible says this, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us, that He might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto Him a peculiar people, zealous of good works. You say, who is this Jesus Christ like Boaz? He gave Himself for us. Why? To redeem us to Himself. Why? Because He loves us. Because He loves us. This is not just a one-time decision, salvation, but this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning of the love story of an ongoing relationship with Christ that will change our generations to follow and also change our eternity. Today, if you're seeking the Lord, like Ruth, make that decision. Decide to go toward God. To put your trust in Him as He is the protector and the provider under His wing. Put yourself at His feet and humbling ourselves to the Lord. And as you accept Him and as you believe on Him, you know what He'll do? He'll give us rest. He'll give us rest. At the end of the story of Ruth, uh, even even to Naomi, she says that that, uh, Ruth is better than I think it's seven or ten sons to her and she had rest and joy back to being pleasant and sunshine. Why? Because of the relationship with Boaz. For a believer, he'll bring us rest. As we as we as the redeemed make him our own, you know what he wants with us? A close fellowship. A close relationship. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to talk with him. He wants uh, to show us how much He loves us. And maybe it's just today as you kind of look back over your life and those just so happens, uh, just some of those handfuls on purpose, we begin to look back and say, that was God showing me how much He loved me. That was God showing Himself for me. And in that, we can get back to that house of bread, back to that house of praise, thanking the Lord for His provision to us. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we close. Heavenly Father, God, we thank You for this day. And Lord, we thank You for this beautiful picture that You show us in the book of Ruth. Lord, how much You love us and how far You would go out of Your way uh, to redeem us, to save us, to make us Your own. Lord, we thank You for how You protect us, how You lead us and guide us and put circumstances in our lives to bring us to Yourself. Lord, we want to worship You today and thank You for it. And God, You have been so good to us. I pray that this week, uh, that each and every one of us would be in close fellowship with You. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website or... 
You could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. And feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.